Welcome to Post Apocalyptic. This is Rob. This is John. All right. Well, we live in a garbage world, oh, and yeah. uh, everyone seems to be divided. So John and I are going to talk about the one thing that unites us all: the Last Jedi. That's nice. No, <laughs> no division at all. On no division. <laughs> I mean, we're all on the same page there. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. Yeah. And also, Roman Polanski is getting a movie. So there's no reason to. <laughs> <laughs> No dividing uh, issues on that. No, it's uh, everybody's on board. It's just you know, it's it's a uh, it's a time where even though there's division, we see a lot of avenues for unity. And, yeah. And no better uh, evidence by those examples you just gave, which uh, Roman Polanski, everybody's favorite. Yeah. He's going to do the fan remake of the Last Jedi, so that that'll put all the. Oh. <laughs> Um, actually, that just made me think of it since you just saw Mandy, the Nick Cage opus. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it is a movie that Nick Cage <laughs> and that's it. is in. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, um, no, no need to, I mean, obviously it doesn't matter. Spoilers, because I, yeah. I mean, I think it's out on video now. and I don't even know. I mean, I think someone was making a joke last night. Hey, I won't spoil it for you. And I'm like, what? And now, in retrospect, could anything spoiled it? Not much to spoil. Like, I can tell you what I, I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. So it's not like, hey, so this, if I tell you a couple of things that happened in there, mm-hmm. it would not clue you in into what the movie is okay. about. <laughs> I mean, it, for me, it's just a, it's a mood piece, right? what it is. And, um, I think it succeeds on some levels, and I wish it were better on others. Um, and some people, a lot of people in the theater, like, absolutely loved it. Oh, you know? wow. I guess one person said it was the best movie he's seen, if not ever, like, in a long time. And, you know, it's it's just, it's an experience. Like, you right. come out of there, for me, it was like, I needed, like, a bath or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it's pretty intense. And have you seen uh, that director's movie? The other movie he did that everyone sort of seemed to love. I don't. Think I, which I'll look it up. It's um, I don't know. I wanted to see it, but it looked art housey and pretentious to be art housey and pretentious. You know what I mean? Like, which was the one he did before? The one he did before. Okay. I and, and and I have nothing. If you if you're weird, be weird and make movies. But I don't know. It came off as trying, which could just be the way I perceived it. I know a lot of people love it, though, and I think that's the reason why he was able to get this, and I'm sure it's probably something Nick Cage probably loved. How do you even say his name? Panos? I guess. I was like, when the the credits uh, came up, the opening credits, you know, of course, there's like 30 um, companies. uh, Okay. You know, uh, releasing companies or production companies in the beginning of Oh, you know how we watch, yeah. you know, those things. You go, oh, okay, how many people did <laughs> it take yeah. to make it? And then his name comes up, but his name doesn't sound like a, it sounds like a company or okay. a, 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 some sort of uh, dogmatic uh, entity or mm-hmm. something. So it's like, is that a person? But it's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. What, how do you. It's like Panos Cosmatos. Yeah. But and, I don't know. I mean, a T might be silent or. Yeah. emphasize different and the movie i'm thinking of is beyond the black rainbow came out 2010 i mean basically that i'm holding up a photo so that's I haven't exciting seen it beyond the black rainbow 
Okay. It's supposedly like super arty in the sense of, you know, it's, hey, we're in a, you know, a blue room with a yellow figure. Those type of arty things where you're like. This was similar. Oh, okay. to, I mean, he, he plays with colors a lot. He plays with colors a right. lot. Okay. Um, and which is good, which mm. I think uh, is one of the most, if you want to talk about filmmaking, is one of the easiest things to do. Mm-hmm. It's a couple of gels. A lot of people don't do it. A lot of people don't utilize it for some reason. Yeah. Um, and so he does that a lot with colors and everything okay. in, in, in this one. And it adds to to the mood, you yeah. know. Uh, the score really, really adds to it. Mm-hmm. Is It's what the... Uh, it's what the uh, the filmmaker is, art house. Like yeah. this is through and through art house. This is what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, which I you know have an affection for. Um, and in my hipster neighborhood, you know, people are going to love it. Yeah. But people are just going to quote it all the time, and and you're are we going to see a lot of terrible knockoffs from someone trying to create his style or I think, do you I think, think he's there yet if this gets the notoriety that it might okay then people will try to be like okay let's make you know the whole thing with well you can't make a horror movie without social commentary well now yeah. you can't make a horror movie without being like super arty and moody or having nick cage yeah uh that always just helps yeah it's just you know nick cage just falls in line into the world but um and he's nick cage but he's not like Overtake, he didn't overtake the movie at all because there's some other stronger sort of characters in this thing too. Do you think uh, he respected the director so that therefore he and he liked the material? Because I feel like some of those movies we've seen, those straight to video Nick Cage ones, he just does whatever he does and just they just corral the best they could. You- I think I think he did in this movie. It is not. He's not all crazy Nick Cage. Okay. And so there's a range here. You know he can go crazy and, you know, batshit crazy. You right, know, you, right. know, you know he can do that. Yeah, yeah. Know? But you also know he can do that other stuff because then you go, oh, you remember, you're like, oh, right, he's an actor. And he's won an Academy yeah. Award. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's not just you know, some guy coming on the screen yelling and, you know, being crazy. Uh, yeah, he's not some underground Bruce Campbell type of actor who's just always done this type of movie. Right. I mean, Nick Cage is, has a lineage and an Academy Award. He's not just some random guy that screams on screen that we know of him now. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, there's there's parts in there where we go, oh, wow, that's that's yeah. really good. Like, turns in a good performance. You know, it, and he, you know, he's not going to be in any movie, I don't think, from now on, where he's not crazy, at least in some part of it. Yeah. Um, and I think where he is, the movie calls for it. I mean, it, it it's up to interpretation whether it calls for it as intense as it, as it is from him, but it's probably just say, hey, Nick, just do your thing. Just go yeah. and be crazy. But, you know, that said, I think it's... Uh, it's a reminder, at least in a portion of the film, that like, okay, Nick is a, is a good actor. You know, yeah. he's a, he can do the sensitive parts, he can do the crazy parts, he can do it all. You know, he just, I think he chooses to do, the crazy parts. I know yeah. we watch. Almost every day we watch Twin Peaks. Yeah, and I gotta think that these actors, couldn't wait to get to the set 
yeah. every day because they get to try things. They get yeah. to do things. They get to interpret. You know, they get to create. They yeah. get to uh, do something off the wall. They get to, you know, they get so to it's gonna be a surprise. own something. Yeah. Yeah. And so you read the script. I don't know if you know what the hell it means, but you go, all right. But I, David is going to let me bring something to the set. I think that that's the best part of filmmaking is that you just sort of go there and create and you collaborate and see what happens. Um, and I think that that's probably what the director, you know, that's how he set it up so yeah. that, you know, Nick could do everything so that other people can do everything. It's not just Nick in this movie who's, I don't want to say crazy, but odd or different. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people who have license to like kind of do what they want to do in this yeah. movie and uh you know it's it's I, I don't know with the exception of one who in this movie is a quote-unquote uh normal person that you would know in everyday life oh, okay so it's just the extremes I of everything nick, nick cage to a certain extent would be um in this movie. Nick, that's nick yeah nick being crazy is nick yeah. in real life but uh oh on a side note uh yeah. panos or whatever well, I we're just gonna I don't know. Butcher, sure. butcher everyone's name. His father George uh, directed Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Maybe uh, that's where I've seen Cobra, Leviathan, and Tombstone. Tombstone? Yeah. Wow. I don't think I ever knew who directed Tombstone. I don't. Either. I always think I it's really someone like else. I always think it's someone else because I love. Yeah, like with you, I love Tombstone, and I know it's not Kevin Costner because Kevin Costner made his Tombstone, which. I forgot what that was called. Um, right. There were like a couple. There were two. Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp. Yeah. yeah, there was Wyatt Earp and then Tombstone and Tombstone was. was Wyatt, Earp. Wyatt Earp was the movie that was, that was the movie. Yeah. Right. That was Wyatt Earp. Everyone's excited about it. And Tombstone was like, okay, there's this other movie called Tombstone. And Tombstone blew Wyatt Earp out the, the water. Yeah. Because Tombstone was like, wow, this is. A, everyone's performance a in that. Yeah. was stunning and then right. then he was like well my god Wyatt Earp's gonna be a man yeah yeah that's a Kevin Costner right. film Tombstone yeah. came in it was like oh this is I think everyone was really just good solid and you know for a director I don't remember doing that film that was but what's so funny though loved Cobra when it came out because I was a kid Rambo it's fantastic yeah Leviathan's really fun Tombstone what great from some director it's like oh I don't know if I ever knew the director's name on any of those films Oddly enough, yeah, I didn't either. Um, I actually but, would have thought Tombstone was someone else. I would yeah. have thought a more of a name, you know. Totally. Uh, but from Cobra and Leviathan to Tombstone? It's a big jump. Yeah. I mean, even Rambo to Leviathan, you know, because Rambo's like, I'm just going to run through the jungle, blow shit up. Was it the first first blood? Was it? No, the uh, there was first blood. This was Rambo, which was this the second Rambo. one. Okay, gotcha. Sometimes yeah. they call the other one just Rambo 1. And it's like, well, yeah. But then it was also Rambo First Blood Part, part Two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, and then uh, right. Then the last one was Rambo, and then the rumor is the new one's gonna be just called John Rambo. It's like, okay, that, hadn't that been in the works for a while? Yeah, it he's seems, been trying to do it, but yeah. you know he's eighty now, trying to knock out the last of his uh, franchises. Right. So with arty films, which are fun, do you think you could fake an art film? If do you think you could pitch and get an art film made, not as a joke, like still make a film? But do you think do you think it just has to come from something like David Lynch is weird? So 
you know, it's like, all right, he he makes weird films. You sort of like give that guy so that I have seen the trailer for that Beyond the Black Rainbow by Panos yeah. or Panos or sorry, it's going to be something like no, his name's just Pan. Wow. Why is there an OS? <laughs> you know, so you expect someone is going to do it, and he probably comes in, you know, with hat slightly skewed, yeah. mismatched clothes, and it's like, oh, there's the arty guy. Um, I mean, I feel like you could fake auth- you could fake an arty film because you could just take elements of everything else. And, and do I'm I saying it's good? I don't know if it's going to be good if you can fake it, but. I feel like if you took all your knowledge, especially your knowledge with all the, the film school and then just lighting and camera, you could probably fake like an arty film and people are like, oh yeah, this is art. Like for your Silver Lake crowd or your Highland Park crowd. Right. People <clears throat> would go in going, oh yeah, this has meaning. The horse people mean something. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's just like if you put it in there and don't explain it, it's like, oh, that's a metaphor. And then you're just sitting there in the background going, it's nothing. I put it in as a joke, you know. Well, I think like in film school in the first semester when we made films and we had to sort of critique mm-hmm. everyone's film and you know there was a range from like super arty mm-hmm. films to like uh superhero films yeah. which is i've made one it's going around the room and just hearing everyone's commentary on it yeah. and where everyone's coming from yeah because this was graduate school so everyone came from different backgrounds and had different things to say about it yeah um you know most of it was just sort of on the nose mm-hmm. Uh, observations and no one was like oh i really like the way you did this because of that even in some of the stuff i did yeah you know (laughs) i remember there was one film that i did and it was basically what i wanted to do was i wanted to shoot someone making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but have the angles be really really interesting Mm -hmm. and so using a, a, a macro lens okay and just play with uh lens sizes okay. and stuff like that and movement uh it's something as mundane as like just making a sandwich yeah so of course my roommate as my actor mm-hmm. and it was early in the morning he was also a film student so it was early in the morning and he was tired right so he was making this sandwich very slowly mm-hmm. and i was filming him and so i cut it together and brought it to class and showed it mm-hmm. and one of the comments was I really got a good sense of character because, you know, he very meticulously and carefully placed the peanut butter on the sandwich and it was this and that. And, you know, the the way you sort of featured him doing uh, the jelly this one way and that way. And and it came to me. I was like, it was just a guy making a sandwich. Yeah. My roommate was tired, and that's why he like was <laughs> slow doing it. It, it, it nothing else. Yeah. Like it was just an exercise. So, do they ask you like when they do the round table and they come to you and it's like, do they ask you what you think of people's comments, or is it your turn to sort of just talk about the film? It's sort of both. It's sort of like, what do you think? Like, sort of taking the comments because it's a discussion. So it's like taking the comments into account as to. You know, maybe they'll ask me, so I thought it was this. Is that what you were thinking there? And I would be like, well, yeah or no. Um, But this was simply an exercise in just trying to use the camera and see what I can do with angles and see what I can do with something like simple. You know, did you put Um, music to it? You know, I can't remember if I put music to it. Um, It was all Super 8, so it was silent. 
Right. Um, it wasn't, there weren't crystal sync motives. So like we didn't have, well, I didn't know if you then went, Oh, was this projected on film too? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't um, sure if you then, but sometimes you could like play like a song or something. Yeah. I don't know if I did that. I know I did that with the superhero one. Please tell me use peanut butter jelly time. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, it was interesting because then it taught me like, oh, I can just put something out there. As my intention was to just show a guy making a sandwich and yeah. nothing else, but then other people got something out of it, yeah. like an art piece out of it, and yeah. it was just not what it was. So yeah, you could just go and fake. I can go. Hmm. Let me just go ahead and make a bunch of different uh, movies. Have it be like a hodgepodge of different scenes. Or of different colors or different whatever that I like is edit them together and just put it out there. Just add some like sounds, yeah, or add like phone conversations or add you know footsteps or just yeah. something where you go, oh, you know the footsteps. I, I think yeah. that the, you could read anything into anything, right? So yeah, and that's where I'm like looking at a film like Mandy with a. Um, with a lot of scrutiny because it's like is this person just putting these images together is he's like oh i got crazy ass nick cage so i'm yeah. just gonna put him in this world and see where he's going like if the movie doesn't take me somewhere it doesn't i don't have to like fully comprehend it or understand the story or if there's a story or not it doesn't have to be an arc or or anything like that but what i need to do is i need to like go somewhere like right. it's gonna generate some sort of mood mm -hmm. and i think that that film did that and i think the world that it created was thought out i thought that it was um i thought the director knew what he wanted so do you think it'd be it would probably take more work to fake it to seem legit almost because you would almost have to overthink your art piece because there's one thing of going out there going no, I just shot a guy walking backwards, then I played it forward at a double speed and then put, you know, clanking sounds. Yeah. And then someone's, I mean, you could just go to them and say, oh, I get it. It's the, you know, it's the March of the Soldiers. No, I was just, yeah, I'm just fucking with But I feel like you could fake it, but do you think you would almost have to overthink it going, all right, I'm going to do a blue room. Oh, I should put this. Like you're over going to start thinking about what you're doing. To, I'm going to put the picture frame slightly skewed that'll throw people off you almost start overthinking it because right you know you're trying to then just be arty i think you know and i don't know but i think that for what it seems like to me when we when we watch twin peaks mm -hmm. i think some of that is happening yeah i think it's like oh the calendar on the wall make that sort of you know uh a little crooked or turn it uh, so it's facing the wall, yeah. you know, or, you know, just make whatever's forwards backwards, you yeah. know, it's like, because it's weird because yeah. it's, it's the opposite of what we yeah. really want to, um, it, it's not a real world. It's a real world in reverse yeah. almost. And, um, I think it sort of loses its power when it's just for the sake of being different. Yeah. I think with anything. Like, you have to have your world and your set of rules. Mm. Um, and once you start from there, whatever it is, you know, if you stick to that, however crazy it is, or however 
different it is, doesn't matter. It's just as long as you stick to it. I think that you can sell people on yeah. it. As soon as you start breaking rules and doing this and that, and you know, I think people you, you start you start to lose people. You always have some people. Well, you know, the reason why he broke it was because he did this, and the rules aren't really the rules. And fine, but if you <laughs> if you do that and take some take somebody into something, yeah, you know, then I think we're, we can be there. But that's the thing. There is going to be someone who's going to shoot the peanut butter jelly um, opus. And th- think about something like that. That's someone going to go, no, do it really, really slow because I'm going to portray you as methodical and, you know, and this person. Whereas you just did it because he was tired and you were testing out a lens. Right. So you're going to have, there are two different people. One that's going to think like that where, no, the reason it's slow and forward is because I, I'm thinking of time and the man and you're just sitting there it's like hey just make a peanut butter jelly sandwich i'm gonna set the camera up right and then then people are going to interpret it both the same way the one person that did it for that reason and then you going look i was just testing the angles right you know and, and it was good because um it did teach me that because it was you know young filmmaker yeah. so it did teach me that oh there is that element of mm-hmm. it that you can put into a performance where you have someone who's methodical and you have to think about that yeah. you know yes i was just filming him and he was tired and that's why he was doing that but there's also a story behind why he was doing that personally he was tired and mm. he you know it was shooting his own film as well and was kind enough to you know help me out and you know i shot this thing you know late at night and um you know there is he's not just a uh a robot you know there's something there's something going on there so uh do you think you could have fooled your class going i was doing this for this reason and you just come up with some bs excuse i would usually be a smart ass and come up with that you know (laughs) and then i go no i'm just fucking with you i'm you know but you know there's the one person going i knew it i knew it and then you're like no you didn't know anything yeah (laughs) no no definitely there's also those persons and they go well in goddard would get and i was like no i wasn't even i don't even know who you're talking about. exactly at that point i'm like i don't even know it reminds me of a peno's content who (laughs) so it was it was it was interesting um i learned a lot about like shots and what things can do Mm -hmm. and um the way things can be interpreted you know um in the frame out of the frame um, your question is not about that, but there's a lot of things that people can sort of read into things. Yeah. And, um, I think that means that, yes, you know, you can make an art film that people can read into. I mean, but do you think you could do it being inauthentic in a way, not, not being inauthentic as, as you, but going in without that, like, I'm not going, I'm doing this as not a joke, but I'm making this for just a goof on the idea but i'm not making it a parody of an art film i am going to make a pretentious art film as a joke but not a joke piece you know it's not going to be a guy sitting in a blue room you know blowing a yellow trumpet going haha arty yeah i've seen something like that at friends film school sure (laughs) it was this guy blowing a trumpet in a blue room and it was like okay and it was like was it like a song or was it just no it was a from what i'm trying to remember it was 15 minutes. I don't oh. remember anything else because it was like one of those. Uh, it was he. They went to uh, Long Beach Film School, and it, like with you, because I went there to a couple of their showcases. Some were amazing. We're like, holy crap, where's that guy now? And 
probably nowhere. Yeah. And then there were other people that were like, I get it. You wanted to try something. Mm-hmm. And then there was the art guy. And you're just like, I get it. You're on a red tricycle in a blue room. I'm sure this means something. But it's just like you could almost picture that person with their tiny mid-90s sunglasses. Yeah. You know, your uh, Dwayne Wayne <laughs> flips, you know. <laughs> It's like, well, what I'm saying is the red represents the man. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I know. I mean, yes. You know, and I, and I like that. I just don't think that many people, at least especially in America, but don't do that. You okay. know, they don't they don't utilize colors that way and what things represent. Yeah. You know, uh, Kubrick is a, is a sort of master at that. Yeah. Colors and stuff like that. You know, you go... You go back into films, you know, like I've wide shot and the way colors are used yeah. during certain parts of um, of the movie. You know, certain colors mean escape. Certain colors mean uh, being closed in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the all these things sort of are signifiers. You know, yeah. you can do that with wardrobe, too, um, with music, you know, to different instruments at certain yeah. times. Um there's plenty of things you can do because it's such a creative medium and mm-hmm. the reason why I love filmmaking is because I love sort of all the arts and so what filmmaking does it sort of marries all of them together and when you have all of that then you can do so many things so making an art piece even making art piece as a joke yeah. I can do one tomorrow right. I mean that's for me is probably the easiest thing to right. do because so many things represent so many different other things Yeah, that you know, uh, I can literally shoot 10 films in 10 days, short films, mm-hmm. and just put them out there and just have people, scholars, you know, yeah. just go into it and go, all right, what do you get from these? Yeah. You know, and I'm sure I'll come you up with do that. a book. Of- come up like with a persona, <clears throat> get a wardrobe, create a new John persona, yeah. and put that online, <laughs> like a YouTube channel. With like your Facebook, you know, just some not a That's crazy not outfit a to the idea. like to the point where you think it's a joke, but take a little bit of everyone, what a style is now, and then just put it on, change your name, and just start putting these up. That's not a bad idea. I might actually do <laughs> <laughs> and, and you don't even have to show your That's face, just put pretty good, put your hand over your yeah. face to signify someone holding you down or something yeah. someone will come up with some reason why i'm doing it now, yeah yes. and, and then one fingernail painted a certain color yeah and just for no reason and maybe a dot on another one's like oh i get what he's doing or maybe like oh his finger today it's it's painted a certain color because that signifies my mood at the time yeah sure um see it's blue he's sad yeah sure yeah, that's what he. Did. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Everything anybody says, yes. Yeah, you know, it's all up for interpretation. Yes, your answer is right. Yeah. Everyone is right. Like the uh, two three nine eight two nine nine seven uh, question. Nobody's wrong. Right. You know, it's like yeah, everyone's right. Everyone yeah. sort of is partially correct. Yeah, I'm measuring mine in thirty, and he's doing his in twenty four. Well, I technically need both, so no one is wrong. Yeah. About that some of you are going to need an extra step some of you are saving a step <laughs> but ultimately ultimately time we, is time <laughs> time is time we need both yeah so you need your uh St- stefano or kel <laughs> <laughs> i do yeah i do i need that like alter ego to be like you know like john j-o-n with an umlaut 
for some reason. Oh, of course. <laughs> Double umla. I, that's not even a and thing. And then like, someone's trying but... to pronounce it. I don't think that's a real word. Is it? I know that's always your answer to everything. <laughs> it's, like, it's pronounced Bill. Oh. What? How? Oh, that makes sense because John, as you know, historically. Right. <laughs> why does this guy know the People history of John? He'll come up with so many things. And I don't, I mean, I know you still um, have mentors and I know you talk to mentors and stuff uh, and you're still involved with USC. How is it now? Do you know what it's like going to film school now compared to when you went? I mean, I know it's always going to be these shifting uh, segments of time. I don't, like, I don't know how. I think the biggest, the biggest, as far as a student. Yeah. The biggest thing between when I went and now is that people who go now have been making films Mm -hmm. or content Mm -hmm. uh, for their whole lives. Yeah. Um, In different formats like phone, camera, whatever. And so what I'm hearing is uh, from people who, uh, a friend of mine who uh, is uh, with the AFI, is working at um, UCLA Film School now, mm-hmm. her comment was, these students come in, they're just really good filmmakers. Okay. And they, they know how to make movies. They come in, you know. Yeah. So that's sort of the... Uh, the difference is okay. that because they have done it for so long yeah um and the whole digital aspect yeah. of it which was there when i was there but we also had you know film as well yeah um now i think it's they've abandoned that and it's all there's gonna be a hipster that all does digital. film for his thesis for, for or, sure for know. sure you can still do that yeah. but it's just like cost wise yeah sort of why would you there's so much more you could play with now uh with the digital um digital medium uh so i think it's it's that it's i would just be curious of attitudes yes everyone's going to definitely have more experience now because you can do it but you can also consume movies easier before like when you were going you had to go home and watch a movie or be at your friend's house and watch a movie now you can take your laptop your phone and oh i'm on the bus i'm watching like you can that's true too you can definitely just consume more content even if it's movies that you're studying it's like oh i need to watch you know the whole george you know campatos or uh, sure it's like i'm watching you know i just Cosmatos. saw yeah i just saw tombstone now i'm gonna study how he learned that from rambo leviathan so you can just sit there literally just sit and consume whereas before i remember getting home to watch stuff like i yeah. had i just had to all right great i can watch a movie tonight tonight when i yeah. get home i can't do it like even when i was at school and there was a break or something, I couldn't just sit there, oh, I can study. Right. You know. Yeah, I remember having to go watch some movies for class. It is what we had to do. <clears throat> we had to go to the, which is still there. We had to go to the library, mm-hmm. get the laser disc, and watch it at the library from the, on the laser disc player and take your notes. Wow. And that was how you did it. Yeah. Now... You know, you want to watch these movies. It was like, I remember it was like the Wild Bunch or something. Now you want to watch these movies. It's just like, all right, you can either go to, uh, if it's not streaming, you yeah. go to Amoeba, you get yeah. eBay, whatever, get it and, and watch it. Yeah. You know, um, or you can rent, I guess you can rent it, you know, yeah. uh, online. So it's, yes, you can consume a lot. The one thing, though, that through time will never change is that, no matter how much 
time you've spent in your life, you know, as a young filmmaker before then yeah. making movies, making content, shooting stuff, shooting stuff with your friends, maybe shooting stuff with actors. Yeah. Uh, it's still, doesn't mean you can make a great film just because you have access to the equipment. Now, access Correct. to the equipment is, is very important, obviously, but what's best is that you study and you know sort of how to present, you know, the story as as you would like for it to be, you right. know, and a lot goes into that. And, you know, it's not as easy as mm-hmm. picking up. You know, some people can do it like Spielberg. So oh, I just picked up a camera when I was younger and I he did all these things before he got to film school. And made a lot of films, but what he won't tell you, what he will tell you, but what, what people don't really gravitate to is that he studied, mm-hmm. you know, he studied these people. He, he didn't just go out and just pick up a camera and just start shooting. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, he did, but he also studied yeah. why things work or whatever. Um, and you could tell by the way he shoots. So, um, I would think that kids or students today, mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of um, emphasis put on the fact that you need to like learn this stuff. Yeah. You know, if obviously if this were the law, if this were medicine or mm-hmm. something, you gotta go to school. You gotta learn that stuff. Yeah. But I think people view entertainment as, oh, I have a camera, I have a uh, a phone, mm-hmm. I can go out ahead and just get a couple people together and we could just make something. Yeah, absolutely, you can yeah. make something, but it's not going to be good unless you really study it. You and know. you can, unlike medicine, can study on your own. Like, yeah. I mean, with tutorial totally. videos and then just watching and reading, which is a little different than... Because before you could watch, but you couldn't really study unless you read a book. And the books were more technical than experience. Because now, like, I remember even the mid-90s was more of, like, a lot more biographies were coming out. Like, the younger people of how they did it. You know, like, there was the Robert Rodriguez yeah, book and stuff sure. like that where... Oh wow! This is how we did it. As opposed to you read a book and it's very technical. Well, make sure your gauge is set to this and your f stop. And you're like, what? You know, as opposed to being a little more organic. Like I remember Robert Rodriguez's book. Oh, I just made sure I had my coverage and I, I shot one master and two. And then you could just go, oh, what does this mean? As opposed to just being a technical book of this is how you make a film technically. You know. Yeah, a lot of those books were just like because I had a lot of them. A lot of those books are just like, like you said, it's just technical, and it's just like it goes either over your head. It's very, you know, written. It's very boring, yeah. and like it has nothing to do with why you like movies. Yeah, you know, you like movies for the visuals, for getting out there and doing it, and that's sort of how you should approach it. I think side by side, you should know the. Um, the science behind it mm-hmm. you should know the history behind it um but you should also <clears throat> be able to explore you know visually mm-hmm. you know uh, and put that into practice yeah and i know at usc what we did we had lectures you know say for our class would be two hours of lecture about this stuff mm-hmm. about um f stops t stops uh, foot candles all that and two hours of just watching movies or yeah. talking about movies or watching each other's movies and stuff like that and seeing it put into practice. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's way it, the way it should be. If I tell you, Hey, go out and, you know, get a couple of books about filmmaking. You read it and you go, all right, I think I kind of know what's going on, but it's, it's, it's boring. You know, I know my, my, to this day, my sound, um, book that was put together through the professor who was like a, pioneer mm-hmm. in sound you know uh created thx 
it's just yeah for you yeah this is so easy but for someone who's just coming into it i just see wave forms and uh, numbers and math that was just (laughs) like i just don't get it yeah and it's not hard it's not like any of this i don't think is hard it's just that you need to just see it visually put into practice now he did things like this is me five feet away from the speaker this is me 10 feet away from the speaker this is me 20 feet away from the speaker this is indiana uh scene from indiana jones and sort of broke down the sound of how things were put together we did stuff from star wars you know it's very fascinating you know they use like la traffic and and some of the star wars movies too to simulate uh, noises for the things that don't even exist, yeah. like hovercraft and stuff. So um, that's that's fascinating, but it just sort sort of puts you there, and you go, okay, now I get it. I don't know. I mean, you and I sort of have a, a moment of depression every day yeah. when we sort of look at YouTube and see what people are making and <laughs> destroying on YouTube and getting a bunch of money um and so that's how people consume content and i would say people like younger people yeah you know and they're going to come up it's just going to keep getting like you know content has to be 60 seconds or less yeah. and it has to be something dumb you know wait throwing. for the spielberg 10 second movie right exactly spielberg's i guess i got to get into this now here's my 10 second movie sure I and 30 million you know <laughs> even you know co-workers like yeah, you know, they're, they kind of want like a web series, but you want it to be like, you know, 15 seconds each. And it's like, uh, okay, 15 yeah. seconds, 10 episodes, 15 seconds each. Don't know what you do with that. Yeah. It's just not how I have consumed yeah. content. So, yeah, it may be, you know, something that like I can look at on my phone in between, you know, uh, documents that I have to write for work. Yeah. But. It's not gonna move me. It's not gonna. Yeah. It's not gonna be like, oh, I gotta. I can't wait for the new fifteen second thing that yeah. drops. But that's me. But like kids today, that's what they're. Yeah. That's what they're looking forward to. So I gotta be honest and say that's kind of what the what the market is gonna um, gear towards. It's gonna be geared towards the sort of short form content, which for a, a film student. Should be great because all you really can make in films is short, <laughs> short content. You're like, my time has come, right? <laughs> you know, because you're told. I don't know what to tell them now, but we were sort of told, look, this is a short film. Nobody's going to do anything with a short film. Nobody can sell a short yeah. film. Maybe a couple places, but really nobody. All it is is your calling card, so you can make a feature. Yeah. So that's your end game. This is a stepping stone. This is a calling card only. Yeah. And it's harder to make a short film than a feature. Bye. And it's like, oh, okay. So you sort of master what a short film is because it can't be a feature. It can't be um, uh, the whole story that you want in in 12 minutes. It it has to be a moment. Yeah. And there are some really great short films out there. They're just about a moment. And that's all a producer or anybody wants to know that you can move someone and say 10 minutes or five minutes or whatever. And if you can do that, then they can give you the all the tools to make a feature if you have one. Yeah. Uh, well, at least that's the goal. But now it's like you got a six second, you know, something you can put on uh, online right now. Yeah. 
it'll get you know a million hits or whatever you know it's just submit your script and they're like oh man this is a great um 40 episode run like no this is one movie no it's 40 episodes oh i know <laughs> it's crazy um yeah i think someone someone had a feature and they were like approached about doing it as um instead of like a two-hour feature but of like 12 episodes of something wow and it was like can you change this into that and it was like yeah i mean, I mean when you start now it's like whatever you want I that mean, was I, my intention I'll, the whole yeah time. <laughs> i'll yeah i'll do it and then you go it's kind of not really what this is yeah you know i think that just the streaming it just changes the game yeah so i don't know where it's going to go i know it's going to transition from traditional movies mm. because people kids growing up today are not my nephew they're just not gonna stick around for two hours to watch a movie anymore yeah. and they're not gonna go to the theater unless they're on a date or some sort of yeah. special whatever they're not it's just like i can't hot out what's that if it's hot out yeah it's like i can a movie's three hours i'm gonna go see that right tvs are getting bigger you know so we have like 200 uh inch screens yeah. you know at home and it'll be affordable and it's like whole walls will be screens you know but what's so funny about that though is that all right i got my projector so i can you know maybe do 200 got 4k but is my only content is the guy dropping a bowling ball on glass in 4k <laughs> it's like we're getting to that point where we can have these home theaters but then if everything shifts we're not going to have anything good to watch I mean, movies will always still be made, but you know what I mean? It's like the way we consume now, it's like, oh, I can just watch it at home. And it's like, oh, 10 minute content. I don't know if I care to watch a 10 minute 4K short right. on my home theater. I mean, it's that double edged sword of almost, oh, it's short and you can watch it at home, but we're not going to produce anything anymore other than, you know, sequels and superheroes. I think, I think when film started out, all there was was like that, like, trick photography sort of short form content mm-hmm. sort of things that were just like <laughs> there was at a silent film class and the worst time to have a silent film class is at nine in the morning because <laughs> he's yeah. falling asleep yeah. um in that theater lights go down there's no sound you know there was things like which turned a lot of people off was there was showed a, an elephant being electrocuted oh Different things like that. Yeah. Just just like bizarre things, like maybe at a circus or something. Yeah. Let's just show them. Yeah. Let's just put the camera on there and show them. And that's what sort of people watched because that's all there was. But yeah. it was like, wow, look at this thing. Now, you know, you have the uh, spectacle of, you know, reaching into your pocket and pulling out like this device that has at your fingertips whatever kind of content you want. And because the attention spans of people are shortening, you know. I got five seconds. I got ten seconds. I got I got a minute. Yeah. yeah, I can watch this thing. If if you want to watch a whole minute, I guess. Yeah, I'll find that time, and they watch it, and then that's it. You know, and then they go on to something else, or they watch that while they're watching something else. Yeah, you know, if my nephew only wants to do is watch these stupid YouTube videos yeah. that are literally stupid, and they're a minute to a minute and a half, yeah. and he watches them over and over and over again the same ones i'm like aren't you bored of that no 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 i love it and that's all he's doing yeah and all i mean all hours of the day and i think that you know that's how it's gonna be 
Well, as I think I told you, my niece is going as a YouTuber for Halloween. Oh, right. <laughs> I just. I mean, my former niece is going. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. It was nice while it lasted. Yeah. Um, what did you think the first time you heard the word YouTuber? I guess it, it, it sort of made sense. I was like, oh, yeah, because everything has to be something. Like when you do something, they just sort of make it, you know, what it is that you do. It's like, yeah. oh, that person's a YouTuber. And at first it seems like almost someone that would watch YouTube, not make YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm a YouTuber. Oh, you watch a lot of YouTube? Yes. Yeah. But then I actually saw a license plate that said YouTuber. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you show me that? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which makes me think you're not a YouTuber. It means you got the license plate, which is surprising. Yeah. That I'm sure that person went in going, well, let's see. Yeah, it's available. I'm a genius. <laughs> YouTube. I mean, I couldn't stop and still to this day sort of like have this eye roll yeah. whenever I hear the word YouTuber. Yeah. Because it's, it's sort of the modern day version, not modern day, because it still goes on all the time, of that guy who you meet on the street who's like oh i'm a producer yeah and he's got business cards that say producer yeah you know and you're like this guy's not a producer yeah first of all if you were a big time producer you wouldn't have a card that says producer right. you wouldn't need it so it's like yeah i'm making films yeah, yeah i just get together with my friends and we just you know have a camera we just shoot stuff and put it online yeah you do that but the content is not necessarily yeah. good and in this platform yes everybody can do it yeah. which is great but that doesn't mean that and i think that's what it is it's not like youtuber as a word anyone can i've put videos up on youtube mostly scans of eight millimeter film but i'm technically a youtuber technically you are because i could i could market that channel as something but right now it's just scanned eight millimeter of my wife's family that we put up there that's easy for her family everywhere to watch yeah but i can market that channel and then I'm now I'm a YouTuber. I mean, really, that's kind of all it really is. I'm Absolutely. being consistent. I have posted uh, 200 videos of content from 1940. <laughs> but it, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I don't. It's so funny. It's like I don't mind the term YouTuber for some reason. But I think when someone is aspiring to be that, it's one thing if you're just doing it. And it's like, what do you do? I guess I'm a YouTuber. I'm posting videos and I have a good following. I go to my Patreon account and Kickstarter and stuff like right. that. But if that's your end goal, like I'm going to be a YouTuber. No, you don't. You can just do that now. You don't have to go be a YouTuber. It's like, it's one thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to go make a feature. Well, you can't just go make a feature right now. Like I can be a YouTuber right now. Like I can go get my phone, start throwing stuff out my window and make a channel and be a YouTuber. Right. It's a little different than, you know, it's like I, I'm a filmmaker you can then start making films, but it's just the process takes longer. Like a YouTuber, it doesn't seem like you can aspire to be a YouTuber as much as you can just be a YouTuber, right? It's like, do you have a phone? Yeah. Well, there you go. You're 90% there. Right. Yeah. I mean... 5% make a channel. The other 5 throw some content. Now you're a YouTuber. It's true. I mean... I mean, look, it looks just like anything. I want to be an actor. I want to be a musician. I want to do something that looks fun. Look, someone who just shoots content every day and yeah. cuts it together in five minutes and you're talking to an audience and yeah. you're at home, yeah. uh, you upload it and you get money. I mean, it's not a bad gig if you can get yeah. it. Most people don't make, yeah. you know, uh, big money off of it. You know, it's, it's a 
it's a whole process, but you know, that's what they mean when they want to be a YouTuber. They want to like, they want the money and the money, but which is like, it's almost the same as being, uh, to support yourself as an actor. Right. You know, it's It's a very small segmented. Right. It's hard to do that. And you know, corporations have gotten in on it. And so a lot of these people are backed and there's sponsors and all this stuff, which takes work. Yeah. You know, uh, which again, I'm not, I won't poo-poo anybody's dreams of, of doing that. If you put in the work, then yeah. fine. But, you know, I think a lot of... Like, it is an eye roll, though. Yeah. It's I'm just a YouTuber. Like, All right. It's like, okay. Yeah. You know. I mean, again, if you can make it work, I think it's... It takes something outside of what I think is a normal sort of YouTuber is to sort of like kid who's like, yeah, I'm just going to go make videos and that's it. Yeah. And five people are going to see them. And it's like, well, that's technically, yes, you're a YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. You post videos. I guess it doesn't matter if people see them or not yeah. to be a YouTuber, but maybe a couple people see them. Fine. But you're not going to reap the benefits like, say, a guava juice yeah. will or whatever. You know, you're not going to have millions and millions of subscribers unless you have like a brand. Or right. Something. And I don't know how long it took someone like Guava oh, yeah, Juice to right. get to exactly. where he was and what he does. And obviously you refine and keep iterating until you become Guava Juice, I guess. Yeah, it's a lot of work. You know, and I think that's it. It's just sort of doing it and being consistent. And also, too, I think it's weird. I think of the word YouTuber is like meaning almost two different things. Because it's like you have Guava Juice, who I think is I would consider a YouTuber. You mm-hmm. know, like, all right, that's a YouTuber. And then you have someone like, um, who do I, what? like Red Letter Media. I don't mm-hmm. picture them as YouTubers. because I mean, yes, they're making content. They're doing their review show. They're doing that. But I don't consider it YouTuber because they're doing something outside of what I think a YouTuber is. Like, I always think of YouTuber as sort of more of an in-your-face, right. it's about me. Even though those guys are about them, but it's usually about you doing something. And that's how I always feel a YouTuber. It's like, if you're doing makeup tutorials, it's about you giving a makeup tutorial. So that means you're a YouTuber. There was someone, uh, I just started watching this guy, Oliver Harper. Oliver Harper. Probably spelling it, saying that wrong. I'm not very good with names. If you learn anything, I'm just <laughs> terrible with names. He's British, and he just sort of does these retrospective reviews on just random movies. I just watched one on Dark Man, And they're very well thought out. He's never on camera. I honestly don't even know what this guy looks like. Hmm. Starts off with like clips of the movie, talks about the origin of the movie, maybe some trivia of the movie how he came across the movie, the soundtrack, where it is now, can you even buy it on Blu-ray? It's just a 25-minute sort of retrospect about certain movies he likes. So it's not like, hey, I've never heard of this. I'm going to spend 30 minutes talking about it. It's like, hey, I remember seeing Johnny Mnemonic in the theater, so now I'm talking about it. I wouldn't almost consider that guy a YouTuber. I don't even see him. He's just making shows. I mean, granted, it's just for YouTube, so then technically he's a YouTuber. So I don't know. It's just kind of, I feel like it's such a weird term because it it encompasses everything, but who I think of. Like when someone goes, I'm a YouTuber, I roll my eyes because I think it's someone who's just walking down the street doing videos. Oh my God, don't forget to like and subscribe. I'm, I'm coffee guy. Yeah. All right, cool. What do you do? I don't know. I just throw things off of, you know, roofs while drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is a rich blend. Here's a bowling ball off the roof you know i think it's just i look at it if it's sort of like about you i think of it as a youtuber everything else i just consider almost content providers yeah i don't know it just it's a weird term no i think 
Yeah, you're right. So is it graphics up when there's no clips? For the Oliver Harper? Yeah, he, he'll play with sound and everything. He'll play it. And then when he's talking about it, he'll show a still that he's talking about. Maybe there's a behind-the-scenes photo. Like, he talked about how he first came across the film because it was because he's British. He goes, it was 18, which was the rating there. It was like our R. He goes, I, you know, had bought in a Fangoria magazine or something like that. And because of Ninja Turtles were on the cover. But then he read this article from Sam Raimi and he had seen Evil Dead at home. And he's like, oh, this looks really exciting. How we used to find out information about movies, not mm-hmm. everything else. So, yeah, no, something's always on the screen. But he is not talking to you on the screen, which I almost wouldn't think. I guess it would depend on how it's, you know, presented. You know, I think it's just on how you present yourself in your videos on if you're a YouTuber or not. Even though, technically, I think he makes money. I think he has a Patreon account and maybe even a Kickstarter. I think I checked. I don't know. He had enough Yeah. Patreon where it's like, wow, good for you. You're making it. But they're very, there's a thousand probably reviews of Dark Knight. Or not Dark Knight. Uh, Dark Man. Mm-hmm. This guy's was really good. I was enthralled for 30 minutes of him talking about Dark Man. You know, so it's just a matter on how you present your content yeah. so and i'm sure there's more of a youtuber that has presented it you know it's about more about you i don't know i think it's just a weird thing of it's an eye roll but there's more to it mm-hmm. if not necessarily i think we just picture who we want to picture when we say youtuber right you know i think of like guava juice and phase rug and all these people that are just they just got uber famous really quick right we're just throwing a camera on themselves and just walking around and doing weird stuff does that guy have a lot of subscribers the uh uh, the one I watched, reviewer. I think it had like over 200,000 views or something. So oh. I'll, I'll look him up right now. We'll give him props. I actually like him. And two, there's something, I don't know why, it's just that it's such an American thing where it's so soothing to listen to a British guy talk about movies. Yeah. You're like, I don't know about you, but I think this guy's a genius. This sounds so intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> he has 107,000 subscribers. Okay. Which is I good. Bet. I mean, Guava Juice has 11 million and. He sits in bathtubs full of jello, and this right. guy probably spends three weeks on these videos. So, right, it's a it's a give or take type of thing <laughs> on uh, on that. Yeah, hundred and seven thousand, and each video looks like sixteen thousand on that one, ten thousand, sixty five thousand on his first blood, which was actually really good. I watched that the other day. Wow. So I think over time, <clears throat> so like eight months ago, these hit about thirty to forty thousand views. But I think it's just sort of a a slow burn i don't know if anyone's rushing to his channel oh my god it's dropping today right. there's a new one today i think it's just sort of and they're mostly just retrospective videos but i mean their time like you're watching and going oh this guy didn't knock this out in a day yeah like he's almost it doesn't sound like it but like he has written what he wants to say cut together because mm-hmm. none of them are like the exact same length they all run from probably 22 to 35 minutes yeah. so they're easy to consume like and it's also easy if i'm working to have on listening to it because i'm consuming and i'm looking up going oh wow that's really interesting and i keep typing because i'm not looking at him which sometimes you always feel like you have to watch someone if they're on right. the screen but if it's just stills and images from a movie i'm like oh, i know what i'm looking at right. I, I know first blood well enough to do this but if you pull something up it's like oh i had no idea about that so. did he give you any um new insights to like first blood that you didn't there was actually a lot i didn't know hmm. like i mean i had I think what it is, it's like he also uses, or I'm sure he probably uses like Wikipedia and IMDb. It's things on certain movies I haven't seen in a while that I haven't read trivia on. Like there's some movies like First Blood, I really like First Blood, but I probably haven't read the IMDb page of it because I haven't seen it in 20 years. Right. But like how the first cut was three hours and that, was it, 
Stallone hated it so much he was trying to buy it back to burn it in the sense of like <laughs> vault it but then they wow then they went in and you know recut it and things I thought were interesting are things that we've talked about like international markets is how they cut together pretty much like a 30 minute sizzle reel of just the action to sell it overseas hmm. kind of that oh you know because they're showing the helicopters and him running through the forest and knives and explosions and guns and they went what do you think of this and you know it's just like sort of a presentation piece and then we love it yeah. And it was like, all right, now here's your hour 40 movie. So that kind of showed, that was like, oh, that's really interesting because that's kind of how you had to do things back then. It's like, how do we get foreign deal? Well, just show them all the action because that's easy to subtitle or the lack of subtitles, which right. actually helps. So you're not telling this in-depth story and someone has to go to the theater and just read subtitles in another language, you know? So um, I, that, I mean, so yeah, there's some things, I, I think I watched one where I kind of knew everything he was talking about, but the way he ties it together is really nice. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember which one. I think it was a Back to Future one. I know everything about it. So there was nothing he said where it was like, holy shit. Right. But the way he just tied the whole movie, and a lot of it is his feelings as well. Oh, I remember as a kid when I saw this. and But it's not all about him. It's the way he ties his story into it. And it's like, wow, this guy's really good. I don't know anything about him. I've never... But that's also my whole... I've never looked into him other than anything other than the videos that have popped up. Gotcha. I know nothing about him. I'm guessing he still lives in the UK. I don't know if he has a regular job. I don't know if this is his only job. I don't even know if he's a filmmaker. I just like his videos. How did you uh, come across him? One of those random things that just popped up on, you know, when you're scrolling through YouTube on, like, Mm -hmm. on mine through the fire stick. I think maybe because I looked up Back to the Future once, and that might have been the first one I watched. Okay. It was like this, this, and this. retrospective all right let's see and it had like a cool like artwork mm-hmm. i don't remember what the artwork he used so i just clicked it and it was like within the first two minutes I was like oh this is really interesting i wonder if this guy's done more went to his channel and oh i like that movie i don't it seems like he's maybe eight years younger than me i don't know his age but it just seems like the movies i think there was something that's like oh it's too young or too little to see that in the theater and i was like oh shit i saw that in the theater okay now right. I know I can gauge sort of the age, and he's like, "Oh, I was a, I forced my dad to take me to see Ninja Turtles, you know, the first one." I went, "Oh yeah, I went on my own. I think I was in high school or something, right. you know." So I can gauge how old he is. So, but I don't know, just really well thought. It's almost something. This is what I like to do. Yeah. So I'm passionate about it. I'm just throwing it up there. You know, I'm not throwing bowling balls off the buildings. And he has a Patreon account. Sure. Okay. I, I'm just. Oh, I I'm thought always, you said that. I, I think. I just assume everyone who's done this and puts the content out there yeah. um, has a Patreon. Let's see, Oliver Harper. He has a Kickstarter. Okay. He's directing the next one. Probably. Yeah. It's like, can it just be a retrospective? Um, so uh, he has 205 Patreons at um, almost a thousand dollars a month. He gets a thousand dollars a month for. Uh, I mean, once again, you see the work he does. It's almost, but do am I I contributing? No, so I'm just part of the problem, right? As well, Um, because you're not contributing. Because I'm not contributing, so that's actually pretty good. I know nothing um, about it. It's his thing is Oliver Harper is creating documentaries on classic movies and feature length commentaries. I know nothing about the feature length commentaries. Hmm. Yeah, is so. There you go. You can uh, follow him on Patreon or Kickstarter. I guess I'll look at the Kickstarter later and follow up. So. I don't know. I think that's what it is. It's I don't consider him a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. He is. I mean, creates content for YouTube only. I mean, I don't know if he's putting it on, what is it, Vimeo or Vivo or whatever the other two right. 
platforms are and there are weird people like there's some people that's like no i don't want to put my like say short film up on youtube i'll put it up on vimeo right password or whatever yeah Yeah, and it's like i get it if it's a password thing because you can do that but if it's like no no no, i want to show it in a better light are you still sending a link yeah nowadays it's like i mean i I get it that was vimeo's big thing was no 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 we're we're the cream of the crop of youtube you just don't put up your videos of you getting a slushy no you put up your your content sure so i exactly yeah i mean i you know i mean this YouTube is Vimeo, but then there's tons of others that yeah. you can do, you know, you send the link. Yeah. And I get it. Like if you, if I had something that I didn't want out there and it was more of a selling point, like if I made a short or something that's like, oh, I only want certain people to do. I think uh, Zach, our coworker does that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He puts it on that for certain things for film festivals and stuff. Cause I don't think he's allowed to post to YouTube. Right. And then, but he can still have it as a secure link to, for meetings and stuff that he has. But then I think eventually he just dumps it onto YouTube when it's out of the festival circuit. Mm-hmm. So then everyone can see it. So that I get for those reasons because YouTube doesn't have that. I know you can set up private, but you know Vimeo's solid. Right. You know, because who knows? You put it private and everyone just find. I think you can still find it if it's private. It just doesn't. I, just, I don't know. There was something weird about the private because I initially had all the films on private. Mm-hmm. But then you could still search it and find it, which was kind of weird. And I was like, all right, I don't understand any of this. And I was just like, there's nothing private. It's half the time it's 1945 Yosemite. So not. Yeah, right. It's like, here's a mountain. Here's an old car. There's a bear. All right. I'm not really protecting any identity. (laughs) And none of these, no one lives in any of these houses. None of these cars exist anymore. So it's not a matter of, oh, I'm going to steal someone's ID. Oh, you're going to steal my wife's grandfather's ID from a license plate from 1944. I doubt it. Right. You know, I. You would have to even, I don't even know how you would even dig it up. And most of the shots are the front of the car, which had no plate. Yeah. And, and later. with all the videos that are on, no one's going to be like searching yours out and yeah. going into detail about what, you know, ID numbers are or license plates. So it's just, no. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, it'd be, it's even now, no one gives a shit. Now people post photos of their car with their IDs. and Exactly. Here's my driver's license in the car I just bought. Oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't do that. So go make your art films. Yes, uh, right now. And John with an umlaut. Yeah, Might we'll be, do that. We'll be posting to his YouTube channel. We'll keep you updated if we come across some new person that right. we've never heard of before. Not John, but John. New. (laughs) Urkel. Urkel. All right, this has been Post-Apocalyptic. This is Rob. This is John. Take it easy. Or John. Umlaut. Umlaut. (laughs) Umlaut.